the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we are back. We've got two lines open. We are in the second hour. Be glad to hear from you. one 367 As we are talking about a grown-up Christmas uh, and just dealing with issues that are important to you and I. Um, James, thank you for that, for that question. Yeah, we can... I got a feeling we're going to be talking a little bit about it, James, in the new year. I just I hope I'm wrong. I don't particularly care. I'm not detached from politics, but it doesn't drive me. That is to say, I'm not, you know, I don't. How can I put it without sounding like I don't care? I don't particularly care, um, meaning that long ago I have resolved not to let politics shape or dictate my attitude about the grace of God in my own life. I think that that is part of the part of the diabolical nature of the media to make you think that that has to be so interesting to you that it impacts your life. I like the idea that the world can be doing what it's doing and I can be doing what I'm called to do. And the twain never impact me on any kind of economical level or emotional or psychological level simply because uh, by God's grace, I prioritize God in my life. Very important to do. And yet we can talk about these things and yet not find ourselves wallowing in the mud in disagreement. Let me clear out and talk with Doug in Dillsburg on line number one. Doug, are you there? Hello. Yeah, Pastor, I'm here. Good. Can you? you know, uh... it's fun. I enjoy listening to your show. But the, the one question I have for you, a couple questions, but one is, doesn't God have something to do with uh, putting these people into position, like having Trump in position? I remember reading the Bible somewhere that God's responsible for that or allows that. Yep, it's both. It's both. He's not yeah. only responsible for it, he allows it, and there's a purpose behind it, without a doubt. So so I think for some reason Trump was put into office for, I don't know what the reason is, but maybe 10 years from now I'll know. But I, I think it sure is stirring up a lot of uh, trouble, uh, not only for Trump, but for the country. And, and, and my thoughts are is that his uh, how he treated the Republicans during the primaries mm-hmm. and then also how he treats everybody else has caused a lot of anger in this country. And I'm hoping that that leads to something peaceful in 2020. I don't know what that means, but that's just a comment. I think that I think I think there's some merit to what you're saying in terms of the importance of uh, leadership and how they model um, uh, working through political party uh, diatribes. I think uh, I think I think that he he does play a small measure of uh, responsibility in the heightened tensions and conflicts that have gone on between the left and the right. It sounds like maybe you are more of a leftist and you really want to see some adjustments taking place as a consequence of him winning. Well, it's it's interesting you say that. Actually, I voted for Trump. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm really, uh, 
what he's done and how he's done. He should have brought some healing into this country. Right. And, he, and he's done the exact opposite. I'm actually a hospice chaplain, and I was a, a pastor for 10 years at a Baptist church. Right. And, and I thought that he would be mature enough to start to recognize that he has to bring healing to this country. And even after a Bush's in, uh, uh, ceremony, his funeral, you would think you would put two and two together and recognize the changes that he has to make to make something happen in this country. So, But, Doug, tell me something. My initial thoughts. How, yeah, did, how did you come to that? I mean, you know, I was here, and I was talking about why I didn't vote for Trump. Um, yeah. And and I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how how you came to the assumption that he would have modified because he got into office in what is called a patent political process. When you become uh, when you win the election, you are you have only 50 percent plus one or two of the votes that allowed you to win. What that means is the other 48 percent of people disagree with you. So you're you're a lightning rod, whoever you are. You're a lightning rod. Yeah. In other words, everybody in America didn't vote for him, only 51%, 52%. And my point is is that the way he's behaving now is a slightly a little bit better than he was when he was running cuz when you're running, you got to go for everybody on your side. You got to get everybody on your side. You got to make people look bad on the other side. That's the ugly nature of politics. That's why I don't think believers are called to that kind of rancor and uh and and expression in this world because it does divide but him once winning him once winning i never did think that somehow he was going to turn into an angel no i didn't think so either but at least i thought they have a little bit more understanding of what a leader's all about because i used to run a loan center for a big uh, loan company mm-hmm. and then i became a pastor i went to seminary at age 45 and then went to have my own little church in san francisco at age 50 sure and i always thought a good leader would reconcile the two parties that's what i always thought and as a pastor at a church i never divulged what what side of the fence I was on. I didn't think that was a proper. Good man. <laughs> so anyway, so I just, you know, I'm sort of disappointed on how he's conducted himself. I mean, sure, it's obvious, and he's not going to be a common angel. I understand that. Right. Um, you, anyway, but but I, I do agree with you on this point, Doug, yeah. before I let you go. I do agree well, I with you. One, I got one more thing I want to share with you. I do agree with you that we can change. Yeah. Well, and yeah, th- I know I've changed. Right, and therefore— I, I, I've been, I've been a Bible-believing, you know, growing Christian for 40 years. So Got it. So I, so we can always hold out hope for him. What's your last observation? Well, you know, I, I listened to a, a preacher down in Southern California. I'm up here in Rona Park where I live. I know exactly where you and are. I, I, and I heard a beautiful—well, I listened to this pastor for 40 years, and he gave a great sermon on original sin. Uh-huh. And believe it or not, I love spiritual care. I'm not much of a theologian, even though I did study the Bible for three years. Got it. But I learned, I learned that that original sin, we are we are going to be in decay in all aspects of our life, politics, personal life, uh, church life, until the day Christ comes back. And I was never fully aware of that. I mean, that direction. Uh, going does that make any sense it does it does yeah. um and we in the doctrine is hamartiology in the greek ha- having to do with with our sinfulness 
and there has been two schools of thought, you would have known this, and that would have been the Armenian school of thought going all the way back to Pelagius, which basically said that man still has a spark of goodness and can work his way up to godhood. This is the Theosis doctrine in your Greek Orthodox church. And then you have your more Calvinist position or what we would call a biblical position that man is totally depraved. Not that he not that he always acts out in full deprivation, but that that there is going to be the gradual noetic effect of sin in his life until the day he dies. And this is designed to exalt the grace of God, that that the grace of God is what we attribute to our being thoughtful, kind, gracious, loving, and even productive in our life. We, we owe it all to grace. Yeah. No, I, I am glad that you shared that because I've always had a, a misunderstanding about Calvinism, but I'm starting to see that more and more. Bless you. And then my fi- my final thought is, you know, I was listening to the same uh, pastor about Philippians and in that book of joy. Yep. So it's sort of like it's sort of a contradiction where you you realize that we're, we're not going to ever really improve in our, our lifetime, uh-huh. but we can still have joy, and yep. especially during the holidays. Yep. And, and, and it's not about happiness, but it's just about having joy in Christ. So I agree. Anyway, yeah. So I enjoy your. I li, uh, whenever I can, I listen. I'm driving down from Hillsburg to Run Up Park and okay. stop and go. Well, I know. But I enjoy your enjoy your conversations. Thank you. Bless you. I got to take a break, and then I'm talking to my sister Deb. We're gonna holler about the DOG this Saturday. Three lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. But when we come back, y'all gonna be sitting on that line for a minute. But that's all right. Because you need to hear our conversation. one 367 It's true. Um, there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good. There's, there's none good. No, not one. There's none that doeth good. There's none that seeketh after God. There's none that understand. We are all corrupt by nature. There's only one righteous. His name is Jesus. There's only one person who had perfectly lived a righteous, holy, just life. His name is Jesus. And he is the substitute for sinners. And we are accepted before God on the grounds of who he is and what he did alone. And even after conversion, we are simultaneously sinful and righteous. And the best we can do is humble ourselves under the grace of God and let God work in us the will and to do of his good pleasure. If we can find ourselves humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he can use you exponentially as he did with Paul. And yet you will have to say with Paul in first Timothy chapter one, verse 15, even in his old age, as he was about to die, This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am, not was, am chief. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 621 on this Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm talking with a very good friend uh, now, and I hope she's on the line. Deborah, are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you this evening? I'm good too. I'm good, especially now talking with you. Are you? You got a few oh, minutes thank for me? You. I do. Good. I do. So talk I to do. me. I do. I, on behalf of the Daughters of Grace Ministry, I'd like to cordially invite all of the sisters in your listening audience. Um, to our annual, our third annual Christmas gathering on this Saturday at 10 o'clock at Grace Bible Church. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we are looking forward to um, not only a wonderful, wonderful message, and I'll talk about the message and the presenter Mm -hmm. in just a moment, but an opportunity once again, through God's grace, to gather with sisters and to not only hear God's message, but to fellowship and to be transparent with one another and to uh, eat together and to cry together and pray together and laugh together. Sounds like a wonderful time. Uh, and Absolutely. It, it sounds Absolutely. also, Deb, like um, a, a time of ministry. I mean, not just kind of like socializing, um, but ministry, you know? Yes. Yes, it is. It is that God has been awesome to the ministry this year, mm-hmm. and um, we are finishing well. He has He has blessed us and graced us with the opportunity to finish well, and areas that He has enabled us to do that in is um, we were given the we were given the task of being and, and task for lack of a better term, but given the focus to be intentional mm-hmm. first and foremost about our outreach to our sisters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and in being uh, obedient uh, pastor, more and more sisters are coming out on the Saturdays that we host these activities through the ministry. Right. And um, we were successful in our outreach to Amen. sisters through Amen. not only the bulletin on Sundays, but through social media and through emailing. Right. And then in another area that we have been, we finished well in or are finishing well in is um, really intentional about creating a very trusting and transparent environment mm-hmm. for our sisters so that after each one of the sessions that we've had this year, we've been able to break out into smaller groups right. um, so that we can have an intimate setting of perhaps 10 to 12 women in each group and the facilitators of each of those groups are um, being groomed to show genuine concern and um, making themselves accessible to the sisters who wanna who wanna continue their conversation or continue dialogue or want to have a connection with someone well beyond the allotted time that we have uh, on those uh, given um, Saturdays. And then another area that we have finished well in was through uh, the intentionality of the topics, the selection of the topics. Right. I think that this year we were blessed to deliver some very, very useful, real uh, topics, Mm -hmm. topics that... I can just see somebody saying, why don't they talk about this? And in some of them, in some of the topics, I must say, we knew that uh, our audience wanted us to speak on because of the surveys that we took throughout the course of the year and the temperature of the groups sure. that, that attended the uh, presentations. But very, very useful topics, um, and, and they left feeling empowered and with information that they could use with um, resources and and people that they could be in touch with to follow up with 
in the event that they needed some support along the way as they were addressing matters of the heart or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, emptying the trash, mm-hmm. which were just a couple of the topics that we we touched on this year. And both of those, by the way, were extremely well attended. And we, the facilitators, and we, the core group, got a lot of feedback from the sisters in the audience about how helpful those topics were to them and some of the strategies that we left them with to do the work that needed to be done. So it sounds like um, we could we could really assess that God has been gracious to our DOG, oh, our Daughters of Grace, over the course of this year. Because our aim is to tie this to, um, you know, three through five passage that the older women would minister to the younger women and that there would be this interrelational, I call it intramural fellowship, where you can really stimulate not only a, a, a horizontal fellowship among yourselves, which we should be doing as believers, period, but a vertical one. We want to really help our sisters grow in Christ and mature in Christ and put away bad things and put on good things. Um, yes. And that's what God has called us to do. And I, I, I think I agree with you, too, Deborah, that my observation from a distance as a man was that over the course of this year, we have seen God allow us to finish well um, in this endeavor, in this endeavor. I'm, I'm thankful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And we are so we are just so very grateful and and just you know, excited about what 2019 holds for mm-hmm. us. Me too, me too, me too. Yes, me yes, too. yes. And so, as I said uh, earlier, that I would I would talk a little bit about the, the topic. Well, yours truly is presenting uh, our topic as we close out um, 2018, and the topic is being thankful for His grace. Amen. And... Um, his grace has just been awesome, and, and I don't even know how to be thankful for that. You know, to say thank you and to to say thank you over and over and over again, Lord, for your favor and for your kindness and for uh, all that you do for each and every one of us, it, it just does not seem like enough. Right, right. Um, and yet... Uh, the nature of a real redemptive relationship between God and his people is one wherein God simply really does call us to a life of thankfulness. I mean, really, yes. you, you hear that anthem all through the Bible. Um, here, I, I'm giving you a reason. I am the reason you can be thankful. Yes. And yes. so um, for me, the the privilege, and it's a privilege because I never assumed the, the right to uh, to actually speak to the daughters of grace, I just don't. So uh, when I'm asked to, I like okay, I'm humbled, Lord, because I really do recognize a difference, uh, Deborah, between men and women, and I really am trying to help uh, support an environment where the women are self sufficient, where you can speak into each other's lives and not necessarily need uh, leadership to do it. But when you call upon me to do it, I'm more than glad to want to do it. And I'm very glad to be doing it this weekend, this Saturday, as a close to the year. And the topic, the topic of grace um, came to me very shortly after I was given the assignment. I almost thought about not taking the assignment. And then I thought about the bigger picture. And here's the bigger picture for which talking about grace um is it it, it it emerged in my mind 
that this is not just about the sisterhood. It is about them as a central objective, but as a comprehensive objective, this is about the body of Christ, the believers, men and women and families and the church of the living God. Therefore, my topic to you all, the ladies that will be there, is a topic that all the men could sit up under and hear too. I almost said that on Sunday, fellas, you guys are welcome to come, but you know, <laughs> you ladies need your space and you don't need to be crowded with a bunch of men. But I certainly would hope that there will be men who will be supporting their wives by either watching it or being in the distance. Like we generally have a healthy representation of men there to just support yeah. the process. So what I'm going to be talking about <clears throat> in terms of grace is I'm going to define grace in a very simple way that we all can comprehend by using the acronym God's Riches at Christ's Expense. You've heard it before. Mm -hmm. God's Riches at Christ's Expense, and I'm going to be dealing with grace as a supply to God's people from start to finish. Grace as a supply to God's people from start to finish. We're not going to go real deep. I'm going to deal with it in a much more kind of practical way. I'm going to be talking about receiving God's grace. I'm going to talk about rejoicing in God's grace. I'm going to talk about resetting by God's grace. And then I'm finally going to uh, close out by dealing with reflecting on God's grace. And this one is going to kind of set the stage for a Q&A for everybody. So I want to I want to kind of take you guys on a journey of not only a theologically rich expression of grace biblically coming out of John 117, but cause you to remember how grace came into your life and turned you around and how that grace Yes. Demanded that you interact with this God who supplies you with his grace in a way by which it results in rejoicing because you are now a child of grace um, and learning how to employ the graces of God to reset. That's one area that I'm going to pause and work on resetting, 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 because what we often have a challenge in, I believe, Deborah, is that um, we will find ourselves from time to time failing to remember that we are children of grace and mm-hmm. that and that we can reset. We can reset. Yes. We can close yes. things out. We can put things away. We can shut things down. And we can reboot. <laughs> we can and we, we can have second chances. And third and fourth and fifth ones too. Yes. Um, yes. If, if we remember that we are objects of grace. Yeah. So that's I really want to get uh, get into the pragmatics of that to help us realize that it's very possible to be a child of grace uh, by profession and yet um, not practice that grace oriented walk if we're not intentional about it. Um, And I want to help us get back there in order to penetrate into the year 2019 with a with a broad and a very confident level of grace thinking so that we can take on the challenges that are coming. Yes. Yes, I'm looking very forward to it and and I it is my prayer that every every lady who hears your your uh program this evening uh will be moved to join us on Saturday and uh not only hear your message but and and engage in the Q and A and then afterwards just wonderful food and fellowship. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what I'm looking forward to with too. with all of us. And uh I, I think it's going to be a, 
a wonderful uh, afternoon, and I can only imagine a good time being had by by all. Mm-hmm. That's my expectation, a really wonderful time of uh, of worshiping God, rejoicing, maybe reflecting at the level of tears. You know how that goes. They, they yes, work both yes. hand, hand in hand. And then um, <laughs> sitting around and, 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 and laughing and enjoying some good food as we close out yes. the year. Yes. Yep, that's it my... is so hard to believe, Pastor, that we're closing out yet another year. Um, yep. Yep. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting with some of the core group, the uh, Daughters of Grace Ministry core members, and we were talking about time and how fleeting it seems. And yep. here we are, yep. getting ready to turn the page to 2019. Yep, it's, we're about to turn it, and we need to actually know how to handle the um, the increase um, velocity of time relative to grace. Do you can you hold on? I need to take a break. I want to have a little bit more of a conversation with you on this aspect of it because you touched on something very important as to why I want to talk about it in preparation for 2019 time. You got a moment? Sure, sure I'll. All right, on. we'll take a break and uh, pay some bills. And you're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline with uh, with your host Jesse Gistan. I will be right back. And now back to Lifeline. At the time, 638 on the Monday edition of Lifeline, I am speaking with a beloved friend and member of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, my friend Deborah, who happens to be one of the uh, core group members of our Daughters of Grace team, where we have been doing ministry for a couple of years now. And we left off last time, Deb, talking about... Um, Brevity of time, how quickly time moves. And this is a conversation that you and I are having that I think you might agree with me. It happens a lot with people if they if if in the course of their uh, dialogue, they simply think about it, that time is moving quickly and that things are happening fast and that years are closing out uh, with the kind of brevity that has never happened before for many of us. And, uh, and it can be alarming. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Now that being said, um, what I, we had this conversation, you, I, and the core group prior to the last, uh, prior to our starting the last uh, 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 DOG meeting, you know, where we pray and we kind of get our headset. Uh, we were talking about how we perceive time and how time works and how it's important to be able to know how to manage time because um, it is actually coming at us now at a velocity a lot different than it did when we were a child and uh, a lot different than it did prior to this technological age that we're in. So it was yeah. either you or, uh, no, it was Deborah, Deborah Williams that I was talking to about this. You guys might have been in the same space, but I was sharing with her that time has a philosophical and a theological component to it, and it really is incumbent upon the believer to be able to manage time. And to manage time, you have to be able to know what time is uh, relative to your responsibilities. Or otherwise, what you discover is that time will become a tyrant over your life, and it will cause you to miss out on uh, critical blessings because of a lack of proper awareness of how to utilize time in your life. When we talk about a year ending 
we have to ask the question at the end of a uh, of a of a brevity of a year what did we get done that we should have gotten done in the course of this year and uh what did we not get done in the course of this, this year that should have gotten done or right. what should we have removed out of our life that we are now carrying over into the new year simply because we didn't deal with it last year this for me is why I want to talk about grace in this month because in a few weeks we'll blink and we're into 2019. And I really want to help some of my sisters not bring stuff over there into the new year that don't have to be brought over. Right. Um, Right. And therefore uh, I'm talking about um, how we end up being anxious and how we end up being um, rushed and how we end up, in uh, a dis- decision-making process that that is liability-driven when we don't learn how to manage this thing called the velocity of time. When it becomes so fast that all we're doing is going, where did the time go? Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's not an, an event that doesn't impact us. It impacts us, Deb. It yes, impacts it does. Yeah, it impacts us. Yes, it does. So, and what, one of the things that gets my attention, Pastor, as I mentioned to you in the core group, is when I hear teenagers and, and, and young adults saying, gee, the time seems to be going by fast, because when I was a teenager and when I was a young adult, it seemed like time was forever. Yep, me too. Me too. Um, and, and to hear them say that, it just, it just is mind-boggling to me, you know? Absolutely. And how do we minister to them uh, as an older person who has been a lot more uh, familiar with this this time-space continuum and this, uh, this event, this, this endless event of seconds and minutes and, and hours and days and weeks and months and years that cyclically hit us every day as a matrix? How do we minister to them who are becoming much more conscious of, and this is really about consciousness if I were to drift over into the philosophical dimension, that because of technology and because of the vast amount of data that we have, we are becoming more conscious. And because we're more conscious, the velocity of time is a much more um, reality of, uh, of, of awareness for us. We are gathering in so much data, so much information uh, in, intentionally and unintentionally. All we have to do is be in the sphere of information and it's absorbing our mind and our heart and our thinking. And thus, where is the time? It's absorbed by all of these factors that come into our life that can be good, but on some occasions they can be an impediment, an impediment to our fellowship with God. They can be an impediment mm-hmm. to our health. They can be an impediment yeah. to our decision making. That's again, this is where I want to talk about why it's important for us to understand grace as a supply to get things done because we are feeling more rushed, feeling more anxious, and feeling like we don't have enough time to do this, that, or the other thing. And it's going to be important for us to get a handle on that, because if the enemy, uh, here's the last point I'll make on that. For the enemy, time is short. 
That's what the Bible says. Revelation yeah. chapter 12. He knows that he has but a short time. So his goal is to enter into what is called a panergia, and that is a massive working of chaos and evil and destruction in the world by getting people confused, by getting people distracted, by getting people disarmed, by causing them to retract, causing them to digress. And that would all have a uh, a component of time uh, played into it where if we don't settle down and by the grace of God, prioritize our communion and fellowship with God uh, mm-hmm. at the level of him being able to help us uh, redeem time. That's what Phil, uh, Ephesians five says. Meditate on his precepts in a way that says uh Time is controlled by my God. Time is not uh, an alien sort of free radical that just tells me what to do. And so we want to learn how to manage our time in order that we might stay in grace. Because getting out of grace, Deb, is easy to do on an emotional, psychological, and practical level when we are rushed by time. Yes, yes. Yep, I think I you, agree. Yep, I, I think agree. you see it. Yep. I agree. You want to make I a agree. few observations before I let you go? I want to I want to share something else because I would be remiss if I did not. Mm-hmm. We had, meaning the the Daughters of Grace Ministry, had a two week food drive. Yeah, and that and that that brought about. But let me just say the fruits of that yes, drive. Yes, brought about seven hundred and seventy eight pounds of food. Yeah, that was amazing. A little under a ton. Yep. That was amazing. That 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 was donated to the Alameda County Food Bank. So, um, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for using us and allowing us to bless others. Right, and there you go. That was a decision that was made on yes. on a, on on the back of three or four or five decisions to want to be. Um, expressive and practical of the grace that God has given us. And all it required was being, um, being intentional about it to share it with people and let them uh, collaborate with us in it. And and voila, it happened. Yes. Yes. And that's what I mean. This is what I am meaning too, Deb about getting a lot of things done for God and by God and through God for his glory in the life of others. When we, are intentional and make decisions at the right time, having collaborated to do that. We can do more like that when we learn how to manage our time in a grace-oriented context. Yes, yes, good point. Yes. Listen, I'm going to let you go. I thank you for the call. Thank you for reminding our sisters to want to join us on Saturday um, for our um, year-end Daughters of Grace meeting. I'm looking forward to being with you guys. I'll see you on Saturday, Lord willing. Have a good evening, Deb. You as well, Pastor. All right, thank thank you. you. All right, we're going to take a break, and the lines are all open, all of them. one 367 You've got 15 minutes to chat with me on whatever you want to talk about on this Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time, 651. Let's go to line number one and talk with Renee in Novato. Renee, are you there? Good evening, Pastor Jesse. How are you, man? Oh, just blessed. Thank you. <clears throat> good, good. To, to say hello and to uh, wish my brothers and sisters a a uh, just a blessed Christmas uh, season here. Amen. Uh, how coming up? Tell me, tell me, how is the missus doing? Oh, I 
wanted to bring you up to date too. Please do. Uh, by the grace of God, and the wisdom that He's given the the, the, the doctors, uh, she is in full remission Amen. and uh, about uh, ninety. 95% Amen. on our way to complete recovery. Good. We'll rejoice in that tomorrow night in our prayer service. I'm so thankful for for that, man. So thankful. Tell me how your mom is doing. Oh, she is uh, She's missing you. I miss, and I'm missing her, too. Uh, I'm missing her, too. Uh, we, miss, we miss you guys uh, yeah. very much. Uh, but uh, health-wise, she's doing well. Good. And uh, Good. she is um, <clears throat> she's enjoying... Uh, you know, uh, being uh, under a uh, different teacher. Yeah. She's, you know, you know how she's, she enjoys the, um, the calmness of it in a sense, though. Right. Because it is, <clears throat> it is a little bit more, a little bit more, uh, intimate. I would say liturgical. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Structurally. Inter- mm-hmm. uh, yeah. No, it, completely fine. As long as you guys are, um, able to enjoy worship and keep central our savior, uh, especially, you know, where you live, man, which you, you guys did what a lot of people have done with grace for years. And that is just do that drive. And man, I'll tell you, you know, the traffic is getting worse over here. You know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been wanting to come down on Saturday, so I'm going to just, you know, keep up with you and see when I can when I can be going down there on Saturdays for the men's group. Um, I do have one question yes, in sir. regards to to scripture itself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in, in John twenty uh, verses nineteen and twenty two, especially I think verse twenty two, when the Lord Jesus. Was resur- was resurrected and came in the presence of his disciples, the, the the guys who were locked up in the in the room. Right. And what's the scriptural significance of we of his, when he said uh, they breathe the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit in verse twenty two? What was that significance? Was like that was a pre- precursor to the coming of the. Spirit and Pentecost? Absolutely. Um, without a doubt. So here here the Lord is the second person of the blessed God, uh, triune Godhead. We believe that you cannot properly comprehend God apart from the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You and I are in agreement with that. The Spirit, the, 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 the Son of God is the precise representation of God the Father who has never seen. The Father can never be seen apart from Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The work of Christ is now completed. His incarnation, his passive obedience, his active obedience has been accomplished. He has now risen from the dead. And what he is doing now in in true to form prophetic and priestly mode is anointing the 12 who will be the foundation of the New Testament church. In this context, 11 because Paul will come in uh, in due season, but he's anointing them prophetically by breathing on them the Holy Spirit and then speaking to them about the uh, impact of the gospel that would occur. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins you retain, they are retained unto them. And that has everything to do with what he said to Peter in Matthew 16, as you know, unto you have I given the keys of the kingdom of God. And the uh-huh. keys are the gospel. <laughs> And they work by the power of the Spirit. So he's anointing them by prophecy before what would happen at Pentecost, just a few days hence. Well, that reminds me of then is that is kind of similar to um, some of the prophetic, like, acted 
parables that like what happened in Jeremiah 19 and Ezekiel 4. 100%. And Ezekiel uh, 37. And in the number of, that's right, the prophets would actually act out parabolically or metaphorically um, redemptive mysteries that God would uh, execute. It would have been foolish for Christ to have just simply blew on them without letting them know that the Ruah in the Old Testament, the Ruah, the wind, right. uh, and in the New Testament, the Pneuma, or Numa, as some translated, the Spirit of God would oh, be right. that third uh, dynamic that would occur. Tarry ye here. Uh, until you receive the spirit from on high, the promise of the Father, mm-hmm. and they would then be equipped to do what works that they could never have done on their own. A very intimate yeah. time and a very important time that you are describing there in John 20, and I, I hope that helps a little bit in understanding it. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> no, it does. It does because the 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 focus on <clears throat> on this on this Christmas season, of course, you know, lots of people focus on the birth of Jesus as a baby, right? Where I think it's more significant that is his incarnation that he would condescend himself to be in the form of man. I agree. I agree. I agree fully. I agree fully with you. And for which I will be, um, I'll culminate our series. We start this week. I'll be, I'll be dealing with Matthew's two. He shall be called a Nazarene and talk about the humility of Christ. And then on, uh, December 23rd for us, we will finish with Isaiah nine, six unto us, a child is born, but unto us, a son is given. So we don't leave him as a child. We worship him as the firstborn, the prototokos, the imminent one, the son of the living God, the savior, and ruler and Lord and creator of the world. That is how we ultimately celebrate the incarnation. You got it right. All right. Listen, uh, email me before you come. I want to make sure that um, the guys are aware if you ever decide to come out on Saturday nights and we're going to try to have a schedule for that in the new year. And I want to make sure I just let you know the schedule so that you can know what we will be teaching or talking about in advance. Um, But we would definitely, man, we'd love to see you. Love to see you. Thank All right, blessings, much. blessings. Yep, um, Eddie, you're gonna have to call me back next week, brother, because um, we're winding it down now. So, great, great, great program today. Uh, yeah, ladies, if you can make it, please come on out. I am going to be talking about the grace of God with you Saturday, and I wanted to richly bless you, uh, uh, endow you, if you will, immerse you, and then also equip you. Um, to be able to glorify God in your bodies, which are his, for your family, for your kids, for your husband, uh, for you as a single person, for the body of Christ. Join me this Saturday, ladies, 10 o'clock at Grace Bible Church. And then I'll see y'all next Monday, Lord willing. Until then, keep your eyes on him who loved us and gave himself to us, Jesus the Christ. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.